What is good, all of our listeners and viewers? Welcome to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And I'm Liz. And I don't even know what month it is anymore. We're here with episode 102, where we're going to be talking about Phil Spencer's comments on the next generation of games in 2021. But first, we've got some segments for you. Yes, we do. So, a little bit of announcement time. Uh, I'm an idiot on two parts. I'm a moron. Why are you an idiot? Well, first and foremost, uh, so if if you're new here, we always have timestamps available. If you want to fast forward, go right ahead. Choose how you do with this podcast as you will. You want to fast forward to the news pieces? Cool. If you want to fast forward to the uh, the discussion? Cool. That's on you. But I was I I knew that YouTube had these little chapter bars where you can just edit it in the description of uh, how to if you look down in the YouTube, if you're watching us on mobile or on your laptop, you can look down there and you see these little markers. You can just click on one of the bars and then boom, you're right there instead of clicking on a timestamp. And I was just trying to figure it out, like how to get it to work and really to get it to start because I kept doing the same format. You have to start it with zero, uh, zero, uh, the semicolon, zero, zero. Mm-hmm. And then it will activate. I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. Because like, I knew what format you needed, but you need yeah. to always start with zero, zero, zero mm. to activate. I was like, I'm a moron. It's okay. Why are you a moron on the other part? Oh, moron number two. If you listen to the podcast with Micah Sherman, uh, with the greatest story ever played, uh, with uh, uh, who else did this? Well, Alyssa Payne's was also done this way, but there was this little helicopter-esque feedback mm-hmm. onto it with some guests coming on. And I've been having guests record themselves to put it on. Yeah. And it made it sound better. I, I'm not going to lie. The mm-hmm. guests sound better because of it. However... I just don't like making guests work. Well, yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this on What's the Biz. But with with the guests, I want them to just come on, come on Skype. I'll record them and they don't have to do any kind of work. But I've been having to do that because of this weird feedback. And I've been trying to figure it out ever since then. Like, is it our internet? Is it the box? I've been playing with the levels. I've been uh, playing with uh, the cleaning and the drive of the laptop. I'm like, why is it doing this feedback? And... As I'm cleaning out the laptop files, you know what I realized? You know what? I didn't install on the new laptop the USB drivers for the mixer. Ah! Yeah. I, I, I looked on the files. We forgot like, we got a new laptop at Christmas. I was just like, I forgot to install the drivers and I'm such an idiot. And then as soon as I installed them, the noise stopped. I was like, yeah. you are an idiot. And so like the whole day I was kicking myself because I figured it out the night before. And the next day I was like, why didn't I think of the simplest thing as the USB drivers? I thought of everything else. Podcasting, everybody. Um, <laughs> hey, we got taken care of now. Yeah. Um, so next time we have a guest on, which should be next week. Uh, uh, sure, it's not going to sound as clear, but like I said, I do not like to make guests work as in, okay, hop on. Okay, we're going to sync our audio. Okay, make sure that you have it this way mm-hmm. and that way. I just want to say, hey, hop on Skype. I'll record you. No yeah. problem. But now we're going to be able to do that, and I'll feel more confident in getting more guests on. Yes. 
Oh, I was such an idiot. But anyways, uh, we are at five minutes now. So, uh, but yeah, if you like more of these intro talks, and I'll be talking more about my thoughts on podcasting, definitely check out our other show, What's the Biz. There's a link down below for the Spotify uh, link for What's the Biz, but it's also available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, especially you should listen to us from there. Uh, but yeah, check that out. What's the Biz? as well as our social media pages. We're on Twitter at Gaming Groceries, or you can follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. Or you can follow us on Instagram, Games Groceries, all one word, where you can see little funny memes, as well as behind-the-scenes photos, announcements, or anything like that. Definitely follow us on Instagram and follow us on Facebook for other announcements as well. And you can follow us on our website or just check out our website, gamesandgroceries.com, where you can listen to the audio podcast. <laughs> You can listen to all the podcasts from the website as well as, uh, as well as find out where you can listen to the audio versions of the website. I'm going to get it right. It's my thing. I wrote it and I still can't do it. Well, there's a lot there. There is. And I get I'm bad at tongue twisters. I'm incredibly bad at tongue twisters. Uh, Willie's wheel rear rear wheels. Anyways, uh, <laughs> And then if you're watching us on YouTube, definitely subscribe to the channel and click that notification bell so that you know when all these podcasts come out, as well as the uh, monthly videos that we're working on. Uh, we are working on this one, the uh, Assassin's Creed video, so definitely look out for that one. And if you haven't already, definitely leave us, leave us a review on Podchaser. There's a link down below. You can go directly to our Podchaser site. You can leave a review there and definitely uh, click like. And share it with your friends if you enjoy this episode. So, with all that said and done, let's just go on to our first segment. Movie Minutes. Movie Minutes is a segment that we talk about the movies that we saw in the past week, whether it be on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, not in theaters at this point in time. And we like to review it and give you a recommendation, or we don't recommend this movie. But this week's movie is actually an Amazon Prime original. You can find us on uh, Video Prime, Prime Video, whatever you want to call it. And it is called Seaberg. We thought this movie was pretty recent mm -hmm. uh, in the past week. And uh, looks like it came out like a couple months ago. Yeah. But it stars Kristen Stewart. It also has Vince Vaughn in it. Yes. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's talk about this. Opening thoughts. I mean, I always love any movie based on a true story. And this is a story mm -hmm. that, like, I have never heard. I don't know. I've never heard of. I've never heard of Gene Seberg before. Me neither. I mean, call me, you I know, mean, uncultured, but. Yeah. So I was like, I've never heard of her. I've never heard her story. And you're usually into those, like, time frames. Like, you love um, Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I usually like those things. And. I don't know. It's just it's it's I've never heard of her. So I was like very intrigued to learn because it's like not the typical story you would hear. So you'd think that something that you would have grown up hearing at least once in your life. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought that was very interesting. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. Kristen Stewart. I'm so glad that she got better she, with herself. Yeah. And I'm glad she's still finding is, work and, and not even just finding work, but she's been like really heavily acting again. Mm -hmm. And I'm really happy because I think Twilight really could have killed her career if she let it. Yeah. And it did for a while. And she got in some really bad things mm -hmm. and was kind of like absent for a long time. And I'm just I'm so happy that she's coming back into the screen because she when when she puts her mind to it, she can be really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's kind of monotone and struggles to get out of that, but she's a decent actress. Yeah. 
So my opening thoughts for this movie, and again, Kristen Stewart was fantastic in this movie. I think that's, you know, like you said, Twilight could have ruined her, but I'm glad that she's still finding work. And talking about the introduction to this movie, th this introduction really set the tone of this movie really, really well. Mm -hmm. uh, you get to know the characters, each of the characters, what their motives are, who they are. Uh, what they're doing at the time, uh, everybody's um, who, where everybody places in this puzzle within the first 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, you're, you get to see like yeah. who Jean Seenberg is, why she's what she's doing in America. Yeah. Um, you get to see. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, Andrew Mackey is in this movie, too, uh, who also plays Falcon in the Marvel movies. And it's funny because the opening scene. Uh, there's a Jack Kirby original Captain America that's thrown into the trash. And I'm like, hey, I, I wonder if that's, I don't know. But yeah, so he's in this. But you get to know all these characters, uh, the Black Panther movement, what that's all about, the political scene in this, the political strategy, uh, and how there's this sort of divide with um, the Black Panther riots versus like all white people basically in this mm -hmm. time. Cause this takes place in the late sixties, Yeah, but it sets everything up so well that you like automatically like, okay, I know mm -hmm. this character wants this. I know this character wants that. I know how they're um, yeah. mended together and I can go into this movie. And they forward. tell you about it very cleanly. Like, yeah. Cause a lot of movies, they kind of like shove it in your face. Like we're telling you about these people. Mm -hmm. Whereas this, they kind of did it like with, just like behind the scenes stuff and like they told you about the people in a nice way that didn't disrupt the movie. Yeah. No, it's um it, it's it's good in that way where it just sets everything up beautifully. Now, again, this movie is about Gene Seberg. Uh, keep that in mind. It is about Gene Seberg's life, but in a section of it. It's not about her yeah. acting career. It's literally within I think a year of her life. Three years. Three years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Within, within a few years. And this is more so. Don't just set yourself up to think that this is a Gene Seberg movie. This is a political racism struggle, and what this uh, movement and did. It was basically it's a movie about the part she played in this movement. Exactly. So it's more of a political struggle yeah. than anything else. It's all about racism. It's all about uh, mm -hmm. white people trying to use their privilege to help the black community but really mm -hmm. uh the black panthers you know some of them were just saying she's just using it for the public eye or mm -hmm. the black panthers were sometimes using her money for different gains and uh the fbi was in it on it so you get to see all these different parts and nobody was really doing it for themselves like for the cause yeah it was really like who's doing it for what purpose yeah and it's this political struggle struggle and you get to see what everybody's motives is, yeah. whether that's for the cause, for themselves, or for a different motive. Yeah. Um, so it's really cool just to see those different dynamics all within the same time span and all within the same cause, mm -hmm. uh, how this country kind of divides races. Yeah. So uh, think of it in that way if you go into this movie. Uh, but that's my second note. Now, my final note for this movie is that uh, with Seberg, while the performances are by the way, performances in this movie are outstanding. Amazing. Every single actor in this movie hit their roles to a T. Mm -hmm. I've never seen better performances collectively in a movie in, mm -hmm. in a very, very long time. Kristen Stewart, fantastic. Vince Vaughn, fantastic. I'm trying to remember who played the um, 
the um, audio engineer for the FBI. I can't remember his actor's name, but Andrew Mackey was fantastic. Everybody played their part, and it was a fantastic performance altogether. The story seemed to be, you know, missing some pieces. I I feel like we jumped scenes. Yeah. And it was just like, wait, no, I want to know more. Yeah. And this movie is only an hour and 40 minutes. So mm-hmm. I felt like the movie still had some wiggle room. If this was a two hour and 10 minute, if they added a half hour of scenes, mm-hmm. I would have accepted it. Yeah. But there were some times where I was just like, we we kind of skipped over something, didn't we? Yeah. I feel like I would have liked to know a little bit more about the personal life of the um, one FBI agent. Yeah. The um, main FBI agent. Um, just because like, I feel like we skipped some things like all of a sudden he's like, oh yeah, we're expecting our first. I'm like, wh- when did we talk about that? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like it was like just kind of skimmed over, skimmed over how his wife was treated by the other wives, like little things like that, that I was like, I wish we had learned a- like, I know it was about Gene Seberg's role, but they kind of did put it as like, he was kind of the secondary main character. Mm-hmm. And I wish we had learned more about him because right. he did play a big role in knowing this story. Mm-hmm. So I think this can go to our final uh, ratings for this. Uh, out of 10, out of 10 pineapples, what did you give this movie? I gave it an eight mm-hmm. because I really liked it. I, I mean, like I said, I love stories or movies based on true stories and learning about, I lo- especially when they're in like the 60s, 70s or farther back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I really enjoyed it. I love. I really love Kristen Stewart as an actress, and mm-hmm. I'm just so happy that she's back and she's doing in really good movies. Um, like I said, the acting was great. There were just some parts that I was like, we could have skipped some mm-hmm. images. Um, yeah, there's a there's a couple sex scenes in this one. Yeah, and I I prefer movies. Not that I'm a prude. It's just. I just don't see the need for that stuff in movies. And that's the other thing, though. Uh, talking about the sex scenes, I, was, I don't like sex scenes in movies that serve no purpose other than like yeah. getting the boyfriends of all the girls. But like this, this served a purpose. This was part of the story. Yeah. But you can do a sex scene without showing me everything. Mm-hmm. So that was my problem is that I would have rather them allude to it or just not show things. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I'm not going to say it like on camera and stuff. I'm just saying. You, you didn't want to see Andrew Mackey show us Andrew Mackey. I didn't see Andrew's Mackey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Um, write that on a t-shirt. Um, so out of pineapples, I actually gave this seven pineapples. I, I gave the seven because, like I said, the story was a bit lacking, but mm-hmm. the performances were just so outstanding I wasn't really satisfied with the actual story. I feel like we left out so many things, yeah. so many stories. I just wanted to know way more. Like, I want to research. That's what Jean I tried to Steinberg. do. Not to, like, see what was true and what wasn't, but to learn more about her. And I felt like the story held back in a lot of ways, but the performances were just so good in this movie that I had to give it. I couldn't give it anything below a seven. So I just said, yeah. you know what? It's a solid movie. I'll give it a seven. A solid, uh, eight's a solid movie, seven's decent, and I'd say I would give it around that, maybe a seven and a half, but the performances were, like, really, really great. Don't be eating a meal when you watch it, because there are some lines in French. 
not oh, a lot. Oh, like yeah. it's just like a couple random ones because her husband is French. Uh-huh. So sometimes they speak in French to each other and I miss like all of them. <laughs> so that was our review of Seaberg. It's on Prime Video. Again, the movie is called Seaberg. You can definitely check it out there. Uh, don't take our word for it. Just take it for a grain of salt, but that's what we give it, uh, Seaberg. So I think we can talk about video games now, don't you think? I agree. So let's go right into it with our second segment. Top three gaming news. The top three gaming news is the gaming news that we saw in the past week. And we like to rank it three, two, one, just to give you a condensed version of what's going on in the gaming industry. Ah, so I don't know. Uh, but let's get right into it. Uh, we've got three pieces of gaming news. If you're new here, hi. How you doing? You doing good? Um, someone else does that. Someone else does that in- intro. Maybe Curtis Connor. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to steal anybody's intro. Hi, my name is Adam. No, that's the wrong video. Uh-oh. Uh, but yeah, so we have three different pieces of gaming news that we'd like to go through. And the number three gaming news that we have is Minecraft. Yeah. Minecraft, everybody. Don't talk about that a lot. We don't because, I don't know, I don't like Minecraft. I don't think it's a bad game. It's just not for us. But Minecraft sells over 200 million copies. So it's for more people, not us. (laughs) Yeah, it's for way more people. And here's the craziest part. sells 200 million copies and has a 126 million monthly player base. Wow. That's insane. So uh, this game first released in 2009 as an indie project uh, under like it was like a little bedroom project. It was uh, put out there and then finally gained this huge community. And then finally in 2009 released and it just became a huge success, massive success. Mm -hmm. And and I believe it was purchased by Microsoft six years ago. It's in the article down below if you would like to check it out uh six years ago for 2.5 billion dollars that's insane and it was that successful and now it's you know going up there for 200 million copies i want to read this quote that's from the article again all the articles that we're going to talk about it's linked down below and it says minecraft started off as a bedroom project distributed initially as a java applet on a web forum The game quickly captured the imagination of thousands of gamers who loved the indie's game's concept of allowing players to shape an environment by crafting and building constructions out of blocks. It spawned spawned a giant community that creates a replica objects, and here's the big part, and YouTube tips of how to play Minecraft are regularly shared by millions of viewers. It still ranks up there with high view counts for Minecraft. And, um, and I understand that Minecraft is the, the view catcher. And you might be saying, Adam, maybe you should play, play Minecraft to get more views. And I have to say to you, I don't like Minecraft. So that's why I don't have it on. He's not really, you're not really big on games that you build. Or like do, you, you want action. You want to be actually doing something or in puzzles. a story. Yeah. I like puzzles. Yeah. I don't, I'm not very big on like building an environment. Yeah. You're not, you don't want to build things out of your own imagination. You want to play a game that someone else made. Yeah. I don't really care. Um, yeah, I don't Which like Sims. Which is why our Animal Crossing Island is mine. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you, you took Adam that over. Adam occasionally visits. I visit it every now and again. But, See where I am. But that's the thing. So this game seems to be an unstoppable, uh, un- <laughs> unstoppable force. 
And I predict that this game is still going to continue to grow for at least five more years. Mm. It's crazy, though. Yeah. 200 million copies. No, that's a lot. And I remember a few years ago, I thought that Minecraft had died. It did for a little bit. I hadn't heard about it. And then all of a sudden, like, I heard you saying something. I'm like, people are still playing that. Yeah, no, like, it's still... In terms of died, I should I should clarify. In terms of died, it lowered on the YouTube rankings. Mm. And then f- when Fortnite came, Fortnite really, boom, took the reins. And it was yeah. uh, five, six months ago, maybe? Five months ago? Uh, Minecraft started to, like, really rank back up mm. there. Minecraft is unstoppable. Even Fortnite's can't stop this thing it's insane yeah um but yeah awesome. it's already surpassed 200 million copies um a hundred that's the impressive part is that 126 million player base that's insane that's the one that's probably the most insane um that still has that many monthly viewers or um players yeah but yeah congratulations on microsoft for the fantastic purchase you invested uh quite wisely oh yeah so well, that's number three gaming news. Number two gaming news is about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Woo-hoo! I think I'm going to have a news piece about Valhalla every single no. week because, well, this is an important thing. Well, this is, but that doesn't mean every week. Every week is an important one. It seems like every single week that Assassin's Creed Valhalla announces something. Well, yeah, if they have something newsworthy every week. That's well, that's the thing. thing. That's that's what that's but the don't point. Don't go I'm, digging for it. No, that's the, that's my point. Is that like yeah. every single week they have like a newsworthy. I got you. Piece and it's impressive. You. Uh, you know, such as you know, one it being announced. Uh, <laughs> two that it's um directed by Ashraf Ishmael. That the composer is Jesper Kidd. Uh, and now this one. So there's an article linked down below. It's by Kotaku. And it's got a whole list of things of what we've learned so far about Assassin's Creed. But the most important thing that I think is in this article is that there's not going to be a progression wall for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Wow. Good. Thank goodness. Anyways, so if you don't know what a progression wall is, and if you played Assassin's Creed Odyssey, what a progression wall is, and this is what this is a lot of times where I stop playing games. Um it's where you have to play these side missions to level up because let's say you're playing the main story, mm-hmm. you're going through the narrative, and you're an RPG. Now, let's say you rank up to a, a level 15, but the next mission, uh, the next main mission, it's a level 20. Oh no, you got to level up five. Now you got to do all these side missions and hunt some deer and eat some jerky. I don't know. But like you have to do all these little things just to play the main mission. Yeah. And even more so, in Origins and Odyssey, there was something called XP boosters. Weren't those fantastic? No. No. Anyways, but the XP boosters were in the shop, and you can buy with real money as time savers so that um, you can permanently sometimes, permanently boost your XP every time so that you can only do a little bit of the side missions. You still have to do them. But the XP just shot up, and he had to purchase that with real money. Now to Valhalla. Thank goodness. So I'm so happy about this. So I have two quotes right here. And this is coming from Ashraf Ismail, who is my papa. But he says this. Uh, he said, now this is the article writer, when he's, when he's saying, like, he said, Ashraf Ismail is saying this. 
He said that the developers are trying to avoid any kind of big progression walls or anything that would keep players from accessing parts of the game that are that they're interested in. Wow. Who would have thunk it? He specifically said that he didn't want people to hit a progression spike that would keep them from experiencing the narrative content. In other words, he wants players to be able to finish the game's main story without grinding or going on a ton of side quests. What? Second quote. As for the potential presence and drama of an XP booster, Ishmael who would only say that they're not talking about monetization yet and want to earn every single penny that you're going to pay for the game. So again, he's not trying to say that there's no monetization. There's not going to be any microtransactions, but they're not talking about it yet. And I like that quote, earn every single penny that you're going to pay. Amazing. Wow. A game that actually lets you play what you want to play. Mm -hmm. What? That's are, nice. Are we back in 2004? What? What do you think about that? No, I I think it's good because like then you can just play the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. I don't really play. I haven't really played Assassin's Creed enough to know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, well, like, did you get what I was trying to describe with progression wall? Yeah. Yeah. And that's good. Um, but I don't really have like an opinion because I haven't played. Yeah. But um, as far as because it also said that you don't have to spend any like of your own personal money yeah right anything that you buy in the game is something that you earned in the game no no no. that they earn they earn like so ubisoft earns every single money that i pay them oh i understand so it's not this little cheap little monetization to say that like like you have to buy an xp yeah. booster to got get through you. the game got you, got and you, that got was just you. such a cheap grindy move yeah. to get young adults to play because guess what we all have full-time jobs and i don't got time to grind through your boring side missions quebec but that is just me um ugh, i hate it odyssey i hate it odyssey so much because it was such a grind fest um it was just so dumb in some ways and that's the thing i hate games where you want to go into the main mission, but it's like, uh-oh, you're three levels behind for some reason. You have to play the side missions. But this way, they mm -hmm. have side missions, but you're not obliged to. That's what I liked about Spider-Man so much. Spider-Man, every single time, you could just go into a main mission, but they had these little side missions like every like scattered around. If you want to do something else, like there's sometimes where the main mission will like not appear right away. And Spider-Man would say, like, oh, man, I got to, like, chill out for a bit. Better go on patrol. And it gives you, like, a five-minute opportunity. Just, you know, swing around, find a little side mission. If you find a side mission, go ahead. Do it mm -hmm. if you want to. But then, like, after five minutes, I just want to do a main mission. Boom, there it is. Yeah. Thank God for Valhalla. Because they're doing the same exact thing. Who would have thought that's a good idea? Anyways. Um... Uh, I love you, Ashraf Ifnail. Uh, please adopt me. Um, as well as Jesper Kid, because I want to learn how to make music just like you. So, uh, moving on to the number one gaming news. Uh, PS5, everybody. PS5. PS5 apparently is going to be a hundred times faster. Yay. Not slower. Don't get, don't, 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 hey, hey, don't sleep up my words now. It's not going to be slower. It's going to be faster 
faster by how many times? One hundred thousand. Yes, a hundred thousand times. No, a hundred times. And this is coming from uh, the Sony's president. Uh, I'm just called Ken because I'm not sure if it's Kenshiro or Kentiro uh, Yoshida. I'm just going to call him um, Mr. Ken. Uh, Ken Yoshida, uh, who is the Sony president, was in an earnings call. is a corporate strategy meeting, and he made this PowerPoint presentation, which in the article, you can click on it. It will take you right to the PowerPoint. You can see all the slides there. But he talks about how the speed of the console is what really matters. He's talking about the speed of the console, and that's that's what I want. So let me go into this quote right here. This is from uh, Mr. Ken Yoshida. Uh, Ken, Ken, Kenichiro? Whatever. Um, Pennypack? But anyways. Um, in order to further enhance the sense of immersion in games, we expect to improve not just the resolution, but the speed of games. For example, through a custom-designed high-speed SSD solid-state drive, um, we plan to realize game data processing speeds that are approximately 100 times faster than the PS4. Holy crap. Uh, games load, game load times should be much shorter. And players should be able to move through immense game worlds in almost an instant. Wow. And again, I, I totally agree with this. That I feel mm -hmm. like going to the next generation... Why are we so focused on graphics? Why are we so focused on everything like being our so graphics are pretty good? Yeah, like the graphics look fine right now. I need loading screens to go away. Yes. And that's the thing. It's just like we are uh gaming adults. We are adults. We don't have time for loading screens. And that's the thing. It's like I don't have time for your loading screens. Why are we so focused on graphics? What do you think? Another thing I would like to see happen mm -hmm. is not having to wait for a specific moment to shut a game down for it to be saved automatically. I want them to find a way or do something so I can just close the game and it just saves where I am. I don't have to look for the little thing in the corner to save it. Yeah. I don't have to click save and then quit. I just want to be able to close it down and it saves. No, oh, that's a good idea. It is. That would be pretty cool. Well, like that's kind of going into um, Xbox's um, so, what, what was the way they called it? But basically, you can just oh yeah 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 Xbox is kind of doing that. Yes, they so, are. I forget what they called it, but we're not talking about Xbox right now. No, <laughs> we're talking about PS Five. Now, I think this is the real test of next gen gaming mm -hmm. because again, graphics fantastic, great, they're nice. I like graphics. Graphics are cool. Um, but And I like how he says immense game worlds. Now, we already know a little bit about Horizon Zero Dawn 2 and how they said that the world's going to be, okay, I might be misquoting here, but I think they said four times bigger than the original map. I think they said four times. And with this, he's saying you can go through immense game worlds in an instant. Mm -hmm. And same thing with um, dual, dual, not dual shock, dual sense. How if you pull back the uh, trigger and it's like, oh, it's like you're pulling back a bow. I'm like, what game are they talking about there? I wonder what it is. But again, I think this is all based around Horizon Zero Dawn 2. Uh, and he's more focused on big games, but you can go through. And again, this is going back to what I originally thought. Xbox is going to be a beefy boy for sure. It's going to be capable of a lot of things. But PS5, it's going to have the finesse. It's mm -hmm. going to be smooth. It's going to be... 
uh, it's going to give you big worlds, but in the finesse. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Xbox, I feel like it's going to give you a lot of detail and a lot of things compacted, but it's going to be a lot smoother and, you know, more graceful on the PS5. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on that? No. But imagine that a hundred times faster. I know. I'm excited. Like, imagine what you're playing on the PS4 right now, like uh, any kind of David Cage game, mm-hmm. and it loads a hundred times faster. That'd be nice. That's insane. Because his games load a little slow. Yeah, they do a little bit. But uh, I can't. And that's the other thing. With PS4, I never really complained about the loading times. I never really did. I I'm, do. Yeah. But I'm impatient. That, that's the thing. Like, I just want to play my game. I don't want to sit there. I don't want to wait. I don't want... I just, I just want to play. Right. But, uh, yeah, so that's really, really cool. Uh, I am super psyched for that. For 100 times faster. I, that's why I like PS5 a lot better. Because they're coming out. Xbox Series X, I like the services. I like Game Pass a lot. I love Game Pass. And I love the Xbox brand. Personally, mm-hmm. that's my game system. But the finesse... The finesse of the PS5. It looks so gorgeous. My system's going to win next gen. Well, it's already winning this gen. It's going to win next gen, too. <laughs> but I have the better system. So, yeah, uh, look out for that for the 100 times faster. And soon they're going to be announcing the uh, launch games for the PS5, I believe, next week. Or if they already did by the time this episode comes out. I don't know. But is what it is. So... Uh, comment down below uh, if you're watching us on YouTube. What are your thoughts on these game, uh, gaming news? Uh, with Minecraft selling 200 million, are you a Minecraft fan? Was this well deserved? Write it down below. Valhalla getting rid of progression. How much do you hate Odyssey? Can Odyssey just uh, not exist anymore? Can Quebec ever make an Assassin's Creed game? Probably not. But what do you think? What do you think about Valhalla? And finally, 100 times faster PS5. Will that help you a lot? Are you going to be getting a PS5? Write it down in the comments down below. But with all that said and done, let's get into our main topic here. You're in it for the the, the, the big topic. Phil Spencer isn't here, though. Uh, he's in the thumbnail, but he's not in the studio. Uh, but with, the, with, with that said and done, let's just go into our final segment. Coffee time. Every single week here on the Games Groceries podcast, we like to have a little coffee table discussion and talk about the video games industry. Whether it be about female gamers or game preservation, we're here to talk to you about the game industry. And we want to give you um, a little uh, opportunity to get in on the conversation. You can follow us on Twitter at Gaming Groceries. Follow us on Instagram, Games Groceries, all one word. Follow us on Facebook. Just find Games and Groceries on Facebook. And we'll ask you a question, and you can respond to that question. And we like to put your responses into the discussion pieces. So this article by Business Insider, where they interviewed Phil Spencer, this came out a while ago. This isn't really a current article. This came out May 8th. So and a couple the, weeks ago. So a couple weeks ago. The, the time is now May 25th. So it came out... A good amount of times ago. And I wanted to talk about this in a news piece. And I just kept putting it off. And I just wanted to say, like, you know what? Let's let's just talk about it here. Uh, I want to give it a little discussion and kind of break down this article. So, again, it's not really current, but it's still worthy of discussion here. So, uh, again, Business Insider brought on Phil Spencer. And they asked him a few questions about uh, March 2021 and the future of the games industry due to coronavirus. I, yep, I've said it here, but... I have less than 100 subscribers, so I can get away with that. But that and everyone has given up on not saying it. 
pretty much. Uh, so the article first starts that March 2020 was a big month for the gaming industry. I mean, we mm-hmm. had Adam Crossing's New Horizon. We had Call of Duty. Uh, and, and all these big games come out. And even littler games, uh, tinier games, smaller games, right? They started mm-hmm. to get this surge because what's everybody doing? Everybody's in. Let's say it together, everybody. Quarantine. We did it. Um, but everybody's in quarantine, so they're playing a lot more games. Mm-hmm. Even the um, World Health Organization has said, like, well, we said that video game addiction was bad, but guess what? Video games are actually yeah, they're, they're good. They're good for you. <laughs> uh, who would have thought? Anyways, they're saving people's sanity. Wow. Um, but th- that's the thing is that it's, uh, March 2020 was a big month mm-hmm. for video games. Um, and reading from this article, sales software, uh, sales of hardware, software, accessories, and game cards uh, topped 1.6 billion for wow. March. The highest reported spending, uh, the highest reported spend for a March month since 1.8 billion uh, achieved in March 2008. Which I don't know when in 2008 that the recession happened. I don't know when. I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember when. So that's interesting because, you know, 2008 was like the peak and then we started to hit that um, real recession here. But that's the thing is that this is the highest since 2008. And that's really, really cool. And this is uh, this seemed to be like, oh, man, games industry. They're really um, they're really catching. Oh, what's that? It began in December 2007 uh, and ended in June 2009. So, wow, we were in the recession. I thought the recession was later in 2008. Well, everyone was out of work, so they were at home playing video games. That's true. That's wild. That's really wild. Um, now that you say that, I didn't I didn't write this in my notes, but it's really wild how video game sales really skyrocket when... When the world is in a horrible place. <laughs> isn't that interesting? That's very interesting, actually. Um I want to like know. Do you think they played more video games during the Great Depression? You're an idiot. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I can't deal with you. Um. Yeah. No. I kind of want to know more about that. I might do like my own personal research after this because, like, what do you think about that? That more people want to go back to video games, you know, when things are ending. I feel like they should include that in those studies that say video games are terrible for people, even though that's where people turn when they're depressed. Yeah, it's really wild. Um, but yeah, March was a big month. Uh, you, you were really getting to animal crossing, like, mm-hmm. and, but you have a lot of friends who are in quarantine. You're not, I'm not, and they're way farther in animal crossing. You're like, what are your thoughts about this first part? Um, like, I mean, it makes sense. Cause people were just starting quarantine. Like, what am I going to do all day? So they just go to video games and they had new video games to play. Yeah. Um, now I think people are probably getting a little bored. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, even me, like, we didn't. We weren't going anywhere on weekends. We weren't doing anything, and I was obsessed with Animal Crossing, so mm-hmm. I just played Animal Crossing. Yeah, that's the thing. It's all just, weekend. That's the thing. Is that like during the weekends? I was just like, man, we're really wasting our weekends here. Like we should be going out. Like oh, we can't go out. Oh, we're wasting our weekends because we're all we're doing is playing video. But that's the only thing we can do, and mm-hmm. that's the only thing keeping sanity. And that's the thing is that like a lot of people are out of work including the recession in 2008, and there's more spending when there's less to do. Yes. That's wild. That's really cool. 
Um, I mean, it's not really cool. It's cool and it's not cool. It's cool as in it's an interesting fact. It's an interesting fact uh, that I would love to see a study about. Uh, now, the next quote on this is that, but March 2021, so next March, uh, the industry could start to see broader effects of the coronavirus. And we're going to talk about it in a little bit. Uh, games planned to launch next year and beyond are more likely to face issues with development that could lead to delays or cancellations. Mm. Yeah, what do you think about that? What do you think is going to happen in the next year for video games? I think, I mean, I definitely agree with that because mm -hmm. you have to think, especially in China where most of the video games are made, yeah. they were not working. They were shut down. That's where it all started. So they probably are pretty delayed in the production of a lot of games. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have to think about even the game developing studios that um, they probably were not allowed in their offices. And mm -hmm. who knows if they have computers at home that are powerful enough yeah. to do their part of the game. So and you couldn't, you know, you can't do the voice you mm -hmm. know, voice recordings. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if this delayed a lot of games or the new systems or physical releases like that. You might be able to get digital mm -hmm. releases sooner, but physical ones especially you're going to have a hard time with, I think. Yeah, and um, I, there's a lot of effects already happening. Like mm -hmm. a, a lot of people are starting to believe that the Last of Us Part Two leaks mm -hmm. happened only because people were taking their systems home. They were working from home, yeah, and a family and member got it. Yeah, or or their sister, or the you know their home stuff wasn't protected. Yeah, it wasn't a know. firewall protected exactly. or anything like that. So someone hacked into their home system yeah. and were like, "Look at that." You know what could help with uh, that kind of um, thing? We are not sponsored. ExpressVPN. You can we get yours. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it's, it's very interesting how we're already starting to see effects in, in terms of, mm -hmm. um, game development leaks. Um, and we're going to be talking about that a little bit more, but it's already starting to say that March, 2021, you have to expect that games are going to be affected because mm -hmm. of the coronavirus. And by March, 2021, I hope that this is all over by then and I can go outside and Dap with my boys. What? Uh, dap. No. Dap. No. Okay. No dap. I don't know dap? what that is. I'm not. No. Dap? I don't want to. Dap. Anyways, but that's the thing is that um, where uh, I hope by then, but yeah. that's the thing. It will be behind us, hopefully. Hopefully. And we're gonna see delays. Like, why is this happening? Why are there so many things happening? It's because the effects are going to be mm -hmm. happening next. Yeah, March. because it delayed things that they were that they could have worked on. So let's talk about Phil Spencer's comments here. He says this through the summer, early fall. Uh, I feel pretty good about games. Microsoft's Xbox leader, Phil Spencer, told Business Insider games that we're targeting a year from now or beyond. There will be some impact, mm -hmm. but they'll be able to react. So that's the thing is that they have enough time to react to it. And he's already confident for the summer, fall games. Yeah. They're going to be fine. I think at this point, by the time March hit around, they're probably almost done. Yeah. The, the, between the, you know, those last couple months until summer, those are cleaning up the game, mm -hmm. you know? So I think 
you might have some bugginess with the games that are coming out in the summer more than usual. Yeah. But I think I agree with that because most of the most of those games are probably practically done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, it, it goes into the next quote here. Uh, pretty much, uh, many of those titles have yet to be revealed, but all blockbuster games take years to make. Like mm-hmm. you were saying, years to make. Uh, with hundreds and thousands of people working in offices around the world, something that's nearly impossible, uh, something that's nearly impossible during a global pandemic, studios outright can't remotely. And here's the big one. Here's why games will be affected. Mm-hmm. Studios outright can't remotely do the motion capture, mm. otherwise known as mocap, or audio work, like you said, needed to put it into the finishing touches here. So when we're talking about audio work here, we're, we're talking about large audio. We're not talking about like uh, things you can do from home, like cowbell symbols. I don't know. But we're talking about large the symphonies. Entire, well, the entire symphonies, but even the entire dialogue mm-hmm. for an entire game. Yeah. I know you can do voiceover for work from home, but it's like... You need a professional studio if yeah. you're going to do a professional game. And that's the thing. You're going to see the effects of that. Then It might be audio work, but then you're going to hear it in a March 21, uh, 2021 game. Yeah. It's like, oh, the audio sounds weird on this. It yeah. almost sounds like they're doing like a podcast in a separate bedroom uh, with you know weird mics and a ring light going around them. Uh, it sounds weird, but... Our podcast does not sound weird. It sounds amazing. Uh, we are number one podcasting in the world. I, I wouldn't go that far. Don't fight me. Um, but that's the thing is that um, what's going to be the most affected is the mocap. Now, if you don't know what motion capture does, um, you know, not every single animation, they go into their computers and they kind of do the whole. They don't do that with the whole um, uh, claymation kind of like they mm-hmm. move a little bit, move a little bit, move, take a picture, move a little bit there's more motion capture involved in in terms of the action Mm -hmm. scenes and that they count on that so that they can make production a little bit faster. But because you you can't be doing motion capture remotely, that's where you're going to see the biggest effects of this and they're going to have to recover from that. And that's what Phil Spencer is saying. So Phil Spencer says this, mocap is just something that's basically stopped. Mm-hmm. We're not going to into well. We're not going into mocap studios. Uh, Spencer told Business Insider, uh, "If you had all of your animation captured and you're doing touch up in more individual art production, uh, in a more individual art production in areas like textures and other things, you're in a better position. In, in terms of saying like you already got your animations, you already got your mocap. That's fine. You're doing individual art productions. That's fine. In areas just textures, like you can do that from home. Mm-hmm. You're fine." If you're waiting for a lot of either large audio work, whether it's be symphonies or other things, or mocap, you're held up right now, mm-hmm. and you're uh, not making progress in the areas that you are. And um, yeah, that that's gonna be crazy. Mm-hmm. That that like bigger blockbuster games, they use symphonies, they use the mocap, yeah. and we're not gonna see that in later on games. Yeah, the summer and fall games, and a lot of people. A lot of people seem to forget this, that games don't just happen. Yeah. They don't happen. In fact, um, what was that? <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know what that was. I was about to cry because no mocap. But uh, we, we talked about uh, Adam's Ascending a lot on yeah. this. And Nick DiPaolo has been working on it for five years. I think he said five years at this point. 
Is that right? Yeah. It he's it, it looks fantastic from the screens of the screenshots I'm seeing on Instagram, but it's, it's taking five years. Or even better yet, Stardew Valley, created by one person, took five years and he worked twelve hour days. Mm-hmm. Five years. Games don't just happen. Yeah. Or even the Sam Raimi uh costume from Spider-Man. Everybody's like saying, Oh, in, uh, Insomniac, why aren't you including the Sam Raimi? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Yeah. And the more they outcried, then they released the Sam Raimi. Like, oh, see, we yelled enough, and now it's here. No, silly. <laughs> They've been working on that. <laughs> They've been working on it, goofball. The, these, but that's the thing. Games don't just happen. Yeah. There's a lot of involvement here, and that's what Phil Spencer's mm-hmm. saying, is that you're going to see these effects of mocap in 2021. Yeah. But... Uh, what's interesting is that he brings up sports games. Hmm. It's cool. Um, not really, but <laughs> annual sports franchises like Madden and FIFA are a good place to start. It's really those types of games that were really trying to finally get all their assets and bases together in terms of art production, and they might have the biggest impact. Hmm. So the annual release of like Madden, even NBA. Where they have mocap for like new dunks and everything. Yeah. Now, there was a leaked footage of um, Zion Williamson, like in a mocap suit. And this was recently. Now I'm thinking about it. Why are are they doing that? I don't know. They don't care. Probably not. No, Ronnie 2K does not care about people. But yeah, Zion Williamson is uh, doing dunk uh, mocap stuff. But he's right that Madden and FIFA, who are getting assets together, that they use a lot of mocap. To yeah. do a little moves, they're going to be the biggest affected because they have to put out a game every single year. So that's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. But what do you think about that? Um, I don't really have any thoughts on that. Well, let's go into Nikki's thoughts. Okay. Who had it, you know, run right on the nail. Probably some delay, she says. Uh, this is at Commander Nikki. And I asked, how do you think games will change in 2021 due to the virus disruption in the games industry? Probably some delays. There's not much. Uh, not, there's <laughs> there's not much game developing you can do in home offices, I guess. But I can see a potential rise in simpler games that mm-hmm. are easier to make from home, which will be pretty cool, like indie games. Yeah, I think indie games are going to see a lot of rise in this mm-hmm. because they've been able to stay home and work on it. Yeah, imagine that. That like somebody finally is quarantined and they finally see the opportunity. Like you know what. I'm actually going to go out and finally make my game because I'm just yeah. stuck in quarantine. But what do you think about that? I don't think it'll be anyone who's just like they're going to make a whole game during quarantine. No. But I think you'll see in like indie developers will have someone who already started a game and been working on it have had more time to finish it or work on it during quarantine because they don't have work. Mm-hmm. So they can work on it while they're at home. Yeah. So they've had more time to work on their game. Mm hmm. No, Sorry, like, I trailed off. I thought the dog touched me. No, he's right over there. He's sleeping. But um, no, it's it's really really good for the games industry in that mm-hmm. sort of light. And um, but yeah, I think uh, Madden is going to be affected. But indie games are going to be on another rise here because mm-hmm. they, you can do that from home, just yeah. like what Phil Spencer says. Um, I think if you're doing animation captured, uh, you got your animation. You're doing individual art production or textures. You're fine because you can do that from home. These indie games are usually done from home. They're usually done from your home office, um, like the deep, deep indie games, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I think indie games are going to see a huge rise in this. Uh, thanks for the thought, Commander Nikki. Yeah. 
Now, uh, finishing this discussion, uh, one thing that appears to still be on track is Microsoft's next generation game console, the Xbox Series X, which is scheduled to arrive holiday season. Spencer is overseeing this, and he has this to say. Even though we're obviously not traveling to China, obviously. That's probably a good good idea. Yeah. Uh, we feel good about our game. Or, uh, sorry. We feel good about our progress on hardware, Spencer says. I've got my uh, take-home console downstairs, and I'm playing, it on, I'm playing on it most nights. And I feel good about the software updates that we're doing. Now, I have a little bit of a problem with that statement. It's like, yeah, production's fine. It's good. I got my console and it's working just fine. I'm like, <laughs> mass production. Mass production yeah. is a thing. Like, yeah, yours probably has all the really good parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he says like the software updates are good. I'm like, good, that's fantastic. The software updates are good. But the main hardware, mm -hmm. if we're going to do a mass production, how much is going to be there? Yeah. And parts are probably going to be scarce and parts are probably going to like not be around for a while. And all this does is that it's going to make a lot of consoles really scarce. Mm -hmm. But he also says this. That doesn't mean launch will be totally unaffected. There it is. From the kind of pomp and circumstances that around launches, you might find a time where there's some impact. Some things that we're going to some things that we're going to launch maybe moved it a little bit. Regardless, Spencer remains confident that not only upcoming Xbox console launch um but in a larger game industry it struggles to deal with the fall of the global pandemic and we're going to talk about it a little bit but yeah he's saying that there there could be some hiccups in launch there could be some things that are delayed mm -hmm. and i think that we're going to see some consoles that are hard to find yeah kind of like what the switch was when the switch first came out it's kind of hard to find because of um you know hardware scarcity uh what do you think about that do you think we're going to get an xbox series x day one us personally sure no oh ps5 day one no oh darn i want to but no yeah um i don't i want to be optimistic and say yes if they think they can pull it off then i think they can pull it off by getting it out at christmas but it ties into my idea with the way games don't release something that's not finished don't release a new system that is clearly not ready to be released mm -hmm. with bad parts that you kind of scrambled together to get don't do it it's okay if you have to push it off because we're all experiencing the same pandemic mm -hmm. and if people don't understand that then they're yeah. probably not people you want to please anyway <laughs> but that's the thing is that um that's the other thing i don't really recommend getting a console day one yeah anyway because you're basically the guinea pig mm -hmm. of mass production yeah uh i mean we saw the launch of the uh, xbox 360 and how that came to be uh but even the xbox one you know there were some hiccups mm -hmm. with that when you're buying a brand new console right uh you are the guinea pig for that mass production mm -hmm. so that's why i really don't really care if i get a console day one yeah because there's still some hiccups. Like your system has a very large chance to break. Yeah. And like you said, there's probably going to be some hiccups uh, that launch is going to be totally unaffected. And I think there, I think there's going to be a lot of Xbox Series X's and even PS5's. I think there's going to be a lot of issues of you know breaking the consoles too easily. Mm -hmm. So I want to finish out this article by the 
last quote, and it says this. I'm pretty. This is Phil Spencer, by the way. I'm pretty confident in the industry's ability to continue a steady flow of games coming out. There's just a lot of games in production across the industry right now, and I think we're going to be, as an industry, we're going to be fine. I'm bullish on what this uh, what this means for the long run of games, even if it means the certain impact to certain launch windows uh, for certain titles we, that we might see. So what Phil Spencer is saying, like, listen, we might see a hiccup. In March 2021, probably May, you're going to see a lot of delays, maybe some cancellations, but he's still confident that the games industry has a lot of time to see this and they have a lot of time to get off the train tracks mm-hmm. before the train comes and hits them. Yeah. But do you have a thought? Um, I mean, not really. It's just kind of reiterating what we what he said and what we've said. It's that he's optimistic that, you know, his system will be ready to go. Mm-hmm. And as far as games, it's the ones that were already in production are probably good, but the ones that still had a year to release probably will be delayed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's it's one of those things we have to wait and see what happens. I really, I always pray that companies will not try and push something that's not ready to release, whether it be games or systems, especially systems, because they cost way more than games. Mm-hmm. And if that system breaks, guess what? You There's no update that will fix it. Pretty much. They, that That's hardware, not software. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm also pretty confident in the games industry. Uh, they know how to progress. They know how to uh, really get out of this kind of um, loop here. And there's going to be some hiccups. There's going to be some uh, distraction. There's going to be a disruption in development. But, you know, we're only going to see it for a short period of time. And the games industry knows how to get past it. We got past the whole E.T. thing. And we're going to get past this. Um, we're going to get past this together. Uh, so long as we're in it together. But and I'm not even just talking about video games here. But uh, yeah, I, I think Phil Spencer is wise to say all this. I think he's saying like I think he's just preparing us mm-hmm. for what we're going to see and yeah. saying like, listen, keep your expectations, you know, lower yeah. next spring and just realize that we're doing our best to get back to it. But once we're, you know, once we allow ourselves to yeah. do that, we're going to get right back into it. Mm-hmm. So that's summer 2021. It'll all be fine. It'll all yeah. be and like you said, summer games of this year, fall games of this year, they're going to come out just fine because they're still on schedule. But, you know, realize that next spring is going to yeah. be a different story. So any other closing thoughts? I think I'm good. Cool. But, uh, yeah, let's just end it here, I guess. Okay. So uh, we thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Games of Groceries podcast. And if you uh, want more of us, check out What's the Biz. There's a link down below. It's another podcast that we do. Audio only. There's no video. But... It's audio. Uh, you can check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and you know any other podcast platform that you want to listen to us on. Uh, and follow us on uh, follow us on social medias: Twitter at Gaming Groceries, or I'm at Ace the Grocer, and I'm at Journey First. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word, and definitely check out our website, GamesGroceries.com, where you can find all the episodes from the website as well as listen to where you can listen to the audio versions of this podcast. So. Uh, With all that said and done, we thank you for watching this week's episode. We hope you have a good week and have a great week. Bye.